All right, all right, all right. No, no Kevin Hart here, but all right. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Feels really good to be back. I am your host, Abel Janow, executive director and founder, one of the founders of Project Think Forward here in Orlando, Florida. We are back for our season two of the Think Forward podcast. And before we begin, I want to let you know we are recording live from the fifth floor right here at the Marketplace in Avalon Park, Orlando. Got to give a big shout out to Avalon and the Marketplace as well as the fifth floor for always supporting us, looking out for us and uh, making sure that we strive to be our best in this industry of trying to be passion workers, passion projects and all that change makers type of thing. Now, we're back here for season two, and it wouldn't be a season two kickoff if I didn't have one of the originators with me. You know, my brother, really, really close. You know, I've, I've known him not too long, but it feels like long enough here. We're here for season two. I got my man Shane McDonald in the building. You already know what's going on, Shane. How you feeling, sir? Good, good. Good? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. I just want to kind of touch base. I know it's been a few months since we've even spoke or talked. And, you know, we do keep in, in contact via email, but so many things are kind of happening. So kind of let us know in the in the people, you know, how's it been for your practice? How's it been for your lifestyle? I think how's it been kind of going? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the practice has been flourishing. Like, I really just, um yeah, yeah, just been thankful and blessed to have a practice that's been flourishing, a private practice uh, at lunch right after the pandemic and everything. And um, so I'm, I'm just excited, just working with a lot of families, couples, um, men, teenagers, um, just join, enjoying it a lot, just finding little different niches and so forth. Definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely excited. We love that. We love that. And your practice is based by Millennia, right? It's uh, Correct. Yes, so it's off of Millennia Boulevard, right? Perfect. Definitely. Uh, we are going to have Shane's information in the bio per the usual. You know, he is one of our therapists here at Project Think Forward, where since you guys have last spoke to us, we've actually started our service and actually started seeing clients and, you know, started giving out the free therapy that we've been talking about for the last year. So it feels almost kind of surreal where, you know, we set out with a vision, we set out with a goal, we set out with different things to kind of do. And, you know, you kind of fast forward a year with so many just paperwork and just things with the IRS and just so many hoops to kind of jump through to the point where we're now actually getting people who saw, you know, getting them the therapy that they need, free therapy to them. Like, and we're just connecting all these dots that we've been kind of creating for the last year. So where it's like, bam, and like now it's actually happened. Now the wheels are slowly spinning and the machine's starting to go. So I just want to kind of share that, you know, drop a little applause for that because it just, it, you know, it's amazing. And I, I can't thank the many people who have obviously sat there with me, you know, with us from the very beginning, but uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So hopefully this time next year, we'll be in the thousands for the amount of people that we've helped right now. We're at about 10, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about a full program guys of what we offer, that's nuts. And I never would have thought that we would be able to attain it. Obviously, you know, the idea just came from, from a thought I had, but it wouldn't be possible without the people around and the people that made the foundation kind of flourish. So I do want to say a big thank you to that. And also a big thank you to Sean, because I found him early on. Again, he was the first male therapist that I had to get got, even got in contact with for the whole foundation and for my whole vision. So, again, my brother, thank you for obviously believing in what I had kind of going on, what we kind of had going on. So, um, yeah, enough for the sappy stuff. And, you know, enough for the pay, dude. Let's let's talk about today's topic. Now, this topic, obviously, um, you know, me and Shane were kind of bouncing off ideas over the last few days or so. And this one, uh, he he came with as I, after I kind of brought it up, but he came with saying, you know, this is something that I do truly understand, 
And I felt, you know, this is something that I've never really fully understood because, again, there's that sort of stigma when it comes to certain things where people think they associate words with with certain things and they think of it as, oh, this is how it is. But that's not technically Mm -hmm. how it is. Like I actually heard uh, yesterday, I was listening to a different podcast and they said um, we associate this is off topic, but we associate. Uh, boring with bad, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, when boring doesn't always yeah, have to be bad, you know. Absolutely. And they were actually talking about relationships, but they were like, you know, the guy was saying that his relationship was boring. You know, you know, they they weren't really that intimate and stuff. Only but maybe three times a week, and the people who were talking were like, "That sounds like pretty lively yeah. over here." You know, like that's yeah. that sounds pretty normal. Mm-hmm. But again, we associate boring with right. bad or negative when that's not what it is. So, mm-hmm. Shane, today I'll go ahead and kind of let them know we're talking about mood disorders, okay? So I do have a few questions here for you, but right. just just kind of give us a brief, if you just had to give it in layman's terms, what would you identify or classify as a mood disorder? Yeah, so some of the major um, or the most popular uh, mood disorders we, we most most people struggle with is either a major depression disorder or bipolar disorder. So a mood disorder is really just based on mood swings. So, I mean, you have your highs, your extreme highs of um, happiness and excitement, and then you have your extreme lows of sadness, um, which, you know, will classify as depression. So those are probably the two most, um, you know, obviously you have to meet certain criteria for major depression as well as bipolar, um, but those are the two most popular uh, mood disorders we see today. Okay, and I actually do have something here uh, pulled up already. This season, I'm going to be a little bit more prepared. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually do have something pulled up here. It's from HopkinsMedicine.org, so you know it's official. Um, Just talking about mood disorders and a brief overview of what they said in in hindsight is honestly what you just said. It says a a mood disorder is a mental health class that health professionals use to broadly describe all types of depression and bipolar disorders. So I wasn't even fully aware that it was – more so just kind of classifying those two main things, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, and obviously, if we just go back to the root word of disorder, mm-hmm. you know, it's not not having of, right? So right, it's, right. it's mm-hmm. you know, and when we talk about bipolar, mm-hmm. I know people think of it as more so just kind of like I'm happy and then I'm sad, like right, right away. Right. Is that more so what it is or is it, it's, it's not always that extreme? Yeah, no, it, it we're bipolar. I mean, you everyone has moods, right? So right. we all have swings. We have our moments of happiness, our moments of sadness. Um, when it comes to mood disorders, um, you know, disorder a lot of times is when you think of trying to operate within the realm of reality, but not having the appropriate tools or, or space or mood in this case to meet the demands of reality. So, you know, a lot of times when, you know, you see depression, for example, in bipolar, um, because you have two types. So you have bipolar one, bipolar two. So bipolar one is the more extreme. Okay. Uh, You know, that's the person that's probably most likely to get hospital, you know, hospitalization or, you know, um, you know, commit a crime or something in that case. Um, Whereas bipolar two is, again, you have your highs, your hypermania, um, moments and then your lows as well, you know, that incorporate um, what we see in major depression. Um, but major depression, again, depression, depressed, meaning, you know, again, just, you know, feeling low down. Right. But, you know, pressured on that, you know, where okay. you can't feel like I can get up. Right. Okay. So well, it's like press, you know. Um, that makes more sense now when you kind of break down the root yeah, word. So I like that, actually. Yeah, I like so, that. And, and again, typically, again, depression, a normal mood, right? Whether we experience in grief, because it really is rooted in loss, right? Right. So lose a job, lose a 
friend, a relationship, or something in that, um, you know, a loss of time, a loss of money. You know, again, we experience depression. Um, where it becomes a disorder in regards to criteria is when we don't have the capabilities to get ourselves up, right? Um, whether it's mentally we lose things in our mental system or emotional or physical, um, things that typically would get a person out of it over time. Yeah. Um, you know, you're just stuck in it. You're just stuck in it. So, um, you know, again, there's there's always help whether you're struggling with depression or right. you know someone struggling with depression. There's definitely help out there. I know we're talking about a little later. No, I mean, definitely. And I was also even doing kind of some more research, and they were also linking a, a mood disorder sometimes to health conditions. Is that a common thing that you've seen where maybe somebody, uh, I mean, to just to kind of be extreme, somebody gets diagnosed with a cancer, right? Uh, have yes. you seen it kind of raise up to the point? Because obviously now, you know, they have this ultimate, for the most part, mm-hmm. it's for the most part terminal, right? Right, right. So in their mind, it's like, what am I getting excited about, right? So have mm-hmm. you kind of seen it set in where after somebody might be diagnosed with something or uh, maybe you might have like a li- like a certain lifestyle change where they mm-hmm. might suffer from a mood disorder? Uh, I mean, because again, it is sort of a reaction kind of, how you said to grieve or, you know, right. how we lost something like right, they might've right. lost a, a part of themselves because when I was doing my research, it actually came up a lot, you know, when it was dealing with cancer mm-hmm. injuries, infections and chronic illness, you know, can right. like, they might be able to trigger them, but it might be a long standing type of thing. Is that something that you've sort of seen in your practices? Yeah. Biological factors play a huge part in a lot of depression. Um, I think it's one of those things and, and particularly as a therapist that I want to ensure all my clients, whenever they meet a criteria of, of or even what it uh, may appear to be like a mood disorder, right. always ensure that they go see a physician get blood work done. Um, Because so many times people can go so many years throughout their life, a decade or so with mood issues and, um, you know, depression. And then later to find out biologically, you know, there's a hyper or hypothyroid issue Uh or, you know, low iron, which is contributing to fatigue and low energy. So there's so much. And again, you can do so much talk therapy and (laughs) you can go through groups. Exactly. All the while with something biological. And I mean, you take the right supplement and you're good to go. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. You know, again, if you, if you find you stuck in your lows or you have those, you know, swings, you know, definitely make sure you get in, you know, and see a physician, get blood work um, and ensure everything is, is, is good. And that, you know, at least to rule out biological factors. Right now. I mean, this might be a very broad question for you, but uh, can mood disorders be cured? And if they can, what would you consider a quote unquote cure? Yeah, absolutely. So I do believe uh, mood disorders can be cured. So again, if that's you, if you know someone with a mood disorder, absolutely, it can be cured. But it's interesting because when I work personally with clients and everything, um, you know, a lot of times we put a huge emphasis on the system, the the symptoms of depression, you know, low mood, energy, not enough sleep, low appetite, overeating, and, you know, trying to address a lot of that. I think the cure is more with the person, not the symptoms of depression. Okay, yeah. And, and much of that is really to build up, you know, their, their mental, their emotional and their physical health system, right, to help them um, really get unstuck in a lot of different ways. Um, now, what I believe is a cure to most all disorders or addictions is, is relationships. Right. Right. And we had that talk before <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. So, so if you right. haven't heard that episode, check yeah. that episode from season one. Shane yeah, really absolutely. did a deep, deep dive on just what's healthy and what's not healthy and what we can sometimes see to pertain right. to be healthy when it's really yeah. not healthy for us yeah, but uh, yeah. you can go to continue and relations is probably the cause of many addictions seriously and disorders, right definitely so you know whether even if it's genetically or something we inherit 
Um, but relations is really what I believe to be the key. And that's where I really try to treat the person and not just the symptoms of the disorder, right? Right. So getting connected, again, one of many relationships is a therapeutic relationship, right? Somebody that you can be vulnerable, open with, that you can be challenged, you know, um, you know, more than just giving advice, you know, someone that you're seeking advice from. Um, but again, you don't really do life on life with them, right? So right. there's no, you know, fear in disclosing certain things and or in opening up or owning. Yeah, exactly. Right. When I leave here, I leave here. And right. it's not a, you know, exactly. if I don't want to see you again, I don't yeah. have to see you again. You exactly. know, exactly. We're not gonna go hang out, eat, exactly come on over, anything right. like that. Um, but again, healthy relations just all the way around, you know, um supports those who can you know, encourage you again, even if you're struggling with disorder and or you think you are in seeing a therapist or a psychologist and getting the appropriate assessments to help you almost, you know, you know, many people say, I don't want the label. Right. Right. But having a label can better help you be responsible for your own life as well as those who not respond. You know, it can be a spouse or a parent. Yeah. Not be responsible for you, but rather be like responsible to you. Right? Exactly. To support you. Yeah. Encourage you and everything like that. So because they more so know what they're dealing with versus exactly. versus in that. And that was also my whole, my whole thing, even kind of growing up uh, to kind of piggyback where just the kind of self diagnosis, I think is maybe the most, I think it's the most uh, ill caused thing mm-hmm. for people because People read things online, and I mean, even essentially WebMD. I think WebMD is might be the devil, honestly. I, 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 that thing is just horrible. Uh, a good rule of thumb, you know, everybody out there listening, if it has a .com, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, when you right. get into like the .orgs, .govs, they hold a little, a little bit more weight as far as factual goes. But I mean, aside from that, you know, kind of growing up in my sort of uh, millennial years, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, anxiety, depression became like the two and I don't want to say cool, but they became the two cool things to sort of quote unquote be meaning, you know, Oh, I don't like loud areas. I have anxiety. I mean, it, that, that might not be the case in in this aspect for the most part. It Mm -hmm. it definitely Mm -hmm. could be, but the self diagnosis. So, I mean, obviously you're saying as a trained specialist, you know, don't self-diagnose because you could always misdiagnose Absolutely. one and two. You could be missing out on actual help that you could be getting, Absolutely. and this kind of goes into my thing about medicine. Um, obviously, we've spoke on here. You know, we had Celia run on here for the holistic specialist episode. Now you've seen both sides of mm-hmm. the of the pool there, um, and and I mean I know that you can probably recommend obviously some sort of some sometimes medicine might be the better outlook versus mm-hmm. holistic. Now, and you also did kind of mention the the bipolar one and the bipolar two. Right. So I guess when it gets to certain levels, and obviously these are assessments that sort of happen, but when it gets to this sort of level of, you know, bipolar one, mm-hmm. something holistic may not be the best route because it is just right. so, it's, it just might be super time sensitive or yeah. it just means something that, because for the most part, natural can kind of cure everything that we, you know, think opinions, but Sometimes medicine might be the answer, you know? Right, no, absolutely. So medication therapy absolutely can play a big part, and particularly with certain mood disorders and behaviors or things, you know, if it having a, you know, a major effect. Again, trying to meet the demands of reality, right? Can't get up and go to work. That's the reality. I can't meet that demand, you know, trying to get appropriate sleep, you know, um, having healthy relationships or a relationship with my spouse. You know, if that's a fact, then, you know, now you're on the you know, verge of getting divorced and losing kids. You know, when you got all of that going on, medication therapy, again, though for many therapists, including myself, it's like a last resort. 
um, it, it definitely has its part, right? You know, and, and particularly partnered with therapy. So again, you're not removing the relationships out of the treatment plan or goals, so to say. Right. Because uh, med- medication of in and of itself, I feel like, you know, um, isn't really best until you do it with people, right? Right, so exactly. would be... Oh, and we've actually even had that uh, talk as well. So, I mean, in my sort of endeavors with the foundation and kind of, you know, expanding, you know, I've always been very natural, you know, just try to make it as natural as possible, right? But in my studies with the talk therapy, speaking to therapists, at at some point you have to kind of believe in science, right? To to a certain respect. When you're in this sort of industry, because at Mm -hmm. some point you're going to cross a line with somebody where it's just like, you know what? Right now, damage control, we need to just do X, Y, and Z, you know, just Absolutely. just to kind of bring you back down yeah. so we can kind of adjust here. So I've learned that to kind of say, you know what? Holistic is great. Science is great. If we work together, we can make them greater, right? So, and, and that's something that you just kind of touched on as far as, you know, medicine is great, but it's it's great in a certain setting, you know, with, with right. you know, people. Absolutely. You know, people that you trust, you know, like a spouse or, you know, you said like a best friend, something mm-hmm. like that where ultimately you're not alone you know because right. I, i've even had a close friend they they recently uh this was probably last year um uh what's the thing called like the not the um like energy blocker like uh right, yeah like for anxiety right so yeah, just yeah. just to kind of block mm-hmm. that right whatever that feeling mm-hmm. is right mm-hmm. so he and you know he he sort of leaned on me in that aspect as far as you know this is what i'm kind of dealing with and he just kind of told me when he first Got on them, you know, after being prescribed, you know, going to a, a physician and just she said, you know what, you should probably try these. Mm-hmm. Just just kind of see how it is. He just kind of told me how it helped. But at the same time, he felt, quote unquote, crazy. Right. Gosh, so yeah. it was kind of helping one thing that he kind of came mm-hmm. in for. But he's not having a disorder in a, in a different aspect. Like, right. who have yeah. I become? Did I lose myself? I'm, I'm taking medication just to feel normal. So he was spiraling in a, in a whole different way. Right. right. But while he's spiraling, he's calm because he's on these you know right no absolutely medications yeah and and i mean that that's really the whole point and goal of medication is kind of lessen you know the blow that or the effect that that's a, you yeah. know your mood disorder or a disorder can have on you um but again you know i can't help but to stress even with my clients you know um the importance of relationships partner with that because again medication can't prescribe friends can't prescribe exactly better marriage. It can't exactly prescribe better you know parenting skills and things like that so Again, but it, where I find that it partnered with talk therapy or, or therapy is that it, it gives the person the the opportunity to really, you know, uh, uh, receive and consume information, right. and knowledge and understanding and wisdom on how to go about life, right, more responsibly, right. Um, as well as learn how, ways on how to meet the demands of reality. So, again, medication in and of itself, you know, has its part um, in, in extreme cases. Um, but, again, I, I don't think it's... It, it, it's the you know answer so a and cure also, yeah it's type of thing absolutely. and that's another thing that you or that we've also even kind of spoke about where obviously it's it's a maintained thing it's not an end-all be-all meaning you know you you get on this this is for life you know right. this is a quick fix for now while we mm-hmm. try to figure out figure what's out. ultimately that's going it. on but um and i mean even from personal ha- have you seen where somebody might come in for one thing and then we kind of address this one thing whether it be with medicine or something but then we enter a whole different realm of what they might start dealing with because of because of our fix here for perfect example uh you might have like 
arthritis, right? But then you take a medicine for arthritis, but it's like, oh, it could cause X, Y, and Z. Right. So now you have arthritis, you take this for this, but now you have, you know, blood clots or something like yeah. it. No, something no, always absolutely. causes something, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, have you ever seen, you know, kind of dealing with people where it's just like you're trying to assess one thing and you're, and you're trying to, you know, fix the, the problem that they kind of came with over time, weeks, months, and then you're kind of, addressing and you're kind of getting to the root but then you're seeing more so different things kind of getting pulled out of it and seeing okay well it's more than just this one thing whether it be depression or bipolar it's really you know three or four things kind of pulling you right no absolutely i I think that's the case for not just clients that struggle with mood disorder i mean many of my clients right we come in we have our initial problem that you know presenting problem that we give to the counselor the, the therapist um, even in relations, right, this is our presenting problem. But then when you kind of, you know, peel back, you know, the layers mm-hmm. and then you get some more deeper family, my family, you know, their family. And, you know, you get to these bigger issues. And again, mood disorder is much the same. You get into because, again, mood disorder can be triggered by a lot of different things. There's drug induced right. um, mood disorders, you know, it's triggered by certain drugs and things that they may take substances and so forth. And, um, and again, there's so many, you know, that can spar off into addictions or, yeah. you know, you know, substance dependency and, and, and things like something that. kind of premature as far as, um, something that kind of premature as far as like, uh, let's say that, you know, they just maybe start smoking marijuana. Right. But then they more so become, for lack of a better word, dependent on it over, right. over the months, years. Mm-hmm. And then when they try to stop smoking, they're maybe mm-hmm. dealing with some sort of, you know, like they're. Their mood's not stabilized as, right. as far as the endorphins that are counted. And this just kind of goes into like a more science yeah. aspect approach, no, no, right? Absolutely. So to where there's not there's now a chemical yeah. imbalance and, mm-hmm. and people always try to say, oh, but we know that they, this is natural. It's, it's you know, from here, but this is true. But when you're feeding your brain or your right. body more of something and it releases more and more and more right. and more and more and then you take it away. Yeah. You're not having to do so much just to right. get the regular absolutely. feeling of, you know, feeling happy or feeling content or, you know, feeling enough. Right. No, no, absolutely. And yeah. have you also kind of, and I mean, this is a separate thing, but I've, I've seen that cause I've, I've read studies, you know, about marijuana, you know, mm-hmm. where I've had friends right. where they said, you know, I used to be able to smoke all the time. Mm-hmm. No, no problem. I put it down for, you know, a, a few years and I kind of grew up twenties, thirties, and I smoke now and I get paranoid or, you yeah. know, I, I feel paralyzed or, you know, I feel like very, very tight, you know, tight chest anxiety. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, so they're, they're trying to figure out what is it that's changed? You know, is right. it the weed is poison? I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's that that's poison. Yeah. I just think that maybe you might've, and this is a, you know, me personal, just, I think that you might've maybe gone through something or, you know, have just experienced things over like the last decade to where now when you're doing it now, you're, you're might be showing those emotions on like a deeper level right when you think you're supposed to be kind of relaxed but you're Absolutely. more so paranoid freaking yeah. out and not paranoid like they're you know like jumping around but they just they just feel ultimately right. sad right no, so it just it just yeah. making them more so sad more than anything so yeah no absolutely i mean even from drugs i mean obviously you can you know it can be drug induced like psychotic yeah um, issues and struggles like that but again the body you know has a, a mind of its own exactly right? the brain so Again, when you give your body things that it naturally makes on its own, you know, sometimes because the body and brain has a mind of its own, it may say, oh, I don't have to make that no more. Oh, yes. And then when you stop, all of a sudden, you know, what your body was depending on you to give, it no longer gives. So, again, that can create, um, you know, moods, not to the extreme of a disorder, but it certainly can have an effect on your mood. Right. right. I, don't, I don't know how many listeners are coffee drinkers like me, but I'm <laughs> extreme. 
Like I'm huge on coffee. Like if I don't right. get my coffee by noon, I got a headache. I'm exactly. Mood. I don't want to talk. So again, naturally, you know, the body can produce caffeine like um, chemicals and everything. But again, when you give your body and you know so much of something consistently of that one thing. over the course of time, the body's like, I don't have to produce caffeine no more. So then exactly. when you don't get it, you get the headaches, you right. get aggravated, you're irritable in the morning. Dependent on it. Yeah, you're so dependent. And again, you go in, you know, stores a day and you go buy a mug and it's like, don't talk to me after, I, you know, exactly. Much and or, they yeah. appropriate it or they, yeah. or they more so make it uh, acceptable. But yeah. essentially it's yeah. a, it's a form of a, of a drug Absolutely. and I, I don't drink coffee at all, but uh, I'm, you know, heavy into the gym, but you know, with pre-workout you know yeah and that's like another form so you know i was i was drinking it probably four times a week you know but again it's very responsible never regulated but i would not go to the gym for you know three days trying to take a rest i'm like man why am i getting these headaches you know and i don't drink coffee or take caffeine in in any other form Mm -hmm. so then my girlfriend's like that that could be a caffeine headache you know like your body's used to you having a a form of the caffeine and now you don't have it it, and i'm like this is a no-go i'm done with this i'm I'm not drinking this no more and i drink my coffee he's like no i'm still drinking it i'm not leaving no (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but that's what i'm saying so and and that's a very Mm -hmm. that's like a very you know minor very premature right, right. kind of dependency, if right, you want to call it, but it's yeah. still a form. A form so now yeah. when we get into like endorphins and, you know, taking certain drugs and mm-hmm. like where our, our, our body just is making or producing a lot of euphoric things or this drug right. is kind of performing it for us. And that's why they, they always kind of talk about come downs and like stuff like mm-hmm. that. Where it's yes. just like people just want to kill themselves because they just feel so sad. So why am I so right. sad? You're not sad. You're just, Depleted. depleted your your yeah, brain absolutely. is like mentally yeah. exhausted awesome, doesn't know where to go where to turn like where yes. to turn why am i yes. even alive type right. of thing absolutely and that that's a lot of that that's where the holistic approach can be really important and mindful of you know that again i've seen what a lot of clients in regards to changing their diet and exercising you know all of these things i mean exercise in and of itself is probably the most underrated antidepressant yeah. out there, right? That no one wants to do. Exactly. And it, it's the best antidepressant, one of the best antidepressants, um, but it's very underrated, whereas something like eating is very overrated, right? Mm-hmm. As an antidepressant, you know, our favorite ice creams and sugar and things like that. Um, but again, you know, our body, you know, neurotransmitters, right? We have, you know, dopamine, serotonin. Yeah. You know, these are things serotonin that are was what I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah, yeah, serotonin. So serotonin, again, when your body's depleted of it, you know, that's that's like the, the, the major cause for anxiety. Yeah. The interesting thing with our bodies is that 90% of our serotonin is developed in our gut, not our brain. Hmm. So again, when we have a bad gut, and it's really the connection between the, the gut and brain, but when our gut is bad, right, and we're eating processed foods, right, we're not having a lot of prebiotics or probiotics. Yes, vitamins, vitamins. Yes, and, and we got a, a, a bad gut. Um, you know, even everything from our bowel movements and everything like that, that that creates a lot of anxiety. That's why at times you're like, oh, I had a gut feeling like anxious, like ah, oh, feeling that makes gut. sense. So again, that that's a huge cause. And again, our gut is responsible for 90% of serotonin. That's huge. That, that, that's like, yeah, you know, that's a I big never deal. knew that. Yeah, that's not in the brain. That's in our gut. That's a little tidbit right there from, yeah. from Shane. Drop us some knowledge on us real quick. So 90% from the gut, which your correlation of I had a gut feeling mm-hmm. really kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm very big on associations as, as yeah, far yeah. as kind of memory, but that's why those sort of old tales kind of make more sense now. Yeah. So 
You're right. If we're already kind of eating bad, putting bad things in our body, mm-hmm. we're already kind of depleting, handicapping ourselves yeah, yeah, in a sense. Like we already have a one leg down sort of thing right. when it comes to maybe feeling a certain way or how we kind of react in certain situations. So, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, kind of intense and we could say that for a different, different podcast, yeah, yeah, but, um, I do want to, you know, and you already kind of touched on, uh, mood disorders being genetic. Obviously mm-hmm. we already kind of spoke about that. Um, but I, I do have a question and maybe you can kind of decipher it for me. Cause I, I am very curious. What's mm-hmm. the difference between a mood disorder and a personality? Personality, yes, yes. Disorder. So, absolutely. So that that's a good question. So mood disorder, you know, obviously with your mood, um, you know, it's going to play a huge part, and particularly with swings. Um, personality disorder, which I, I worry I have a lot of clients that I work with, with that meets criteria for different personality disorder. The most popular one is like borderline personality. Um, but again, the difference when what I see in client wise and, and, and from my you know understanding and everything is that personality is more of how we're hardwired like that. That's kind of like who we are. Right? right. It's very persistent over the course of time, um, you know, through whether it be, you know, it could be in teenage years, throughout young adult years and so forth. Right. But it's really in, in regards of how we connect to people, too. So, again, it's, it's hardwired in who we are. It's very persistent. Right. We. You know, with borderline, you may see things like the pulling, you know, pulling close and then pushing away right. and pulling close is, is a persistent thing. Mood disorder is really based on episodes. Right. So you okay. have your extreme highs. Yeah. Extreme lows. Or if you, you know, if you major depression disorder, you just have extreme low lows, lows and then like lows. Yeah. So it's not it's not tied, so to say, to relationships. Now, it definitely has an effect definitely. on relationships, but it's not. Um, very persistent and consistent when it comes to relational behavior, you know, and how you interact or attachment right. issues and things like that, that you will see more with personality. Because, again, you can have, um, you know, social anxiety yeah. you know, and things like that or, you know, social, you know, that entails like personality. Right. And, but it is real hardwired. Like, this is how I'm hardwired. And that's what I'm saying. When you kind of touched on the hardwired thing, like end of the day, this is a perfect example because, you know, Obviously, we learn things from experience. We learn things from our parents. We learn things from school, from 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 TV. We can learn something, you know. If if right. me and you sat here and we wanted to learn how to put up drywall, we can ultimately <laughs> learn how to how to put up drywall. But you know, we, me and you might be hardwired to where it's just like, hey, you know what? Like I I just don't like the way that that guy does it. He's just kind of yeah. scammy or you know kind of yeah. schemy, and. That again, this kind of goes to like our personal morals or right. things that obviously what we kind of come up with, um, but essentially right. just how we kind of how our brain is more so wired, meaning we can learn things in different ways. But ultimately, we're going to do it the same one way same. because it's that's same. how we know it. Absolutely. That's how we like yep. it. That's how we kind of trust right. it in that yep. sort of aspect. If you have a par- paranoid, you know, personality, personality. Disorder, then again, you're just going to be paranoid. And I'm actually reading a uh, book right now. It's called Think, Think Great. It's by uh, Adam Grant. He's a psych- psychologist. And um, the book is essentially trying to talk about, you know, we can learn positive ways to kind of do things and we can learn positive ways to live. But the book is about how to unlearn things. Ah, yes, so, yes, and, yes. He, and he talks about how we can learn things and like that could be hard, but he's saying unlearning things. Mm-hmm that we might know from childhood that we, we, we went right. like that pretty much kind of made up our whole upbringing mm-hmm. is the hardest thing that we can do as humans. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And uh, he actually talks about in the book, a, a firefighter that was, there was like a wildfire maybe back in the nineties mm-hmm. and there, 
they're taught a certain way how to obviously put it out, you know. But this one guy, he took a he took a match out in the middle of the fire. It was like a water fire kind of coming uphill. He took a he took a match out, lit it, and he lit in in front of them where they're running, all up on fire. All the other guys are all confused, screaming like, "What are you doing?" This and blah, blah blah, and they're trying to run. And he took out his uh, it was like a wet nap, and he mm-hmm. took out his water, put the wet nap and wet it, and he laid down in the fire. Right. Started breathing. Long story short, half of them perished, um, but he was one of the ones that actually survived, you know, and he yeah. didn't out in the fire or anything. But he had came up with a plan in that sort of, you know, fight or flight moment that yes. wasn't taught to them in school, that wasn't taught right. to them in any way or anything. But he came up with this moment where he literally had to unlearn mm-hmm. if me and you have never been through firefighter training, mm-hmm. but... If we're in a fire, what are we going to do? We're going to run out of it. We're going to put water on it. That's just a hardwired thing that we just know. But he was in that moment and he thought, if I just burn everything ahead of me, Mm -hmm. when the fire gets up here to me, it's nothing to burn. It's already all burned here. So that's that's where his his thing. See see how you're like a wow moment, right? So I was like, damn, wow. But and literally in this moment, if people would have listened to him, it's literally the more of a of a life or death moment where half of them didn't follow what he was doing and they actually passed away. Again, not a lot of things that maybe me and you do day to day will cause for like a life or death moment where we're, right. where whatever we choose to do here is mm-hmm. going to be life or death. Right. But that's also kind of another thing to where it's just like, if we unlearn and maybe take a minute to see things from a different mm-hmm. kind of perspective Absolutely. or maybe try to unlearn some, again, maybe some bad habits that we might know from our family or from our parents or from our right. friends or Things that we might have Absolutely. done that just, you know what, I just always, oh, I have a stop sign right by my house. You know, mm-hmm. it's in a neighborhood. I just always run it. Why? Nobody's right. there. I just yeah, do it. Yeah, Am yeah. I really hurting anybody? Yes and no, because one day you might be ha- passing little Timmy on his right. new, you know, bicycle mm-hmm. and you hit him. So, again, we, we kind of dive no, off no, there. Is, but, yeah, yeah. but that's what I'm more so saying when it comes to moods and personalities. You know, Absolutely. when you brought that whole hardwired thing, it's just like. Even race, right? Racism. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taught racism. You know, I mean, right. nobody comes out. I'm sorry, learning right, uh, just just knowing racism. Of it, yeah. But they're taught it, right? Absolutely. From parents, cousins, whatever bloodlines, generations. Mm-hmm. We can unteach that. You know, Absolutely. even when it comes to habits, you can unteach eating. You know, four or five thousand calories a day. You know, right. you can unteach being lazy and not wanting to go to the gym. You know, but Absolutely. it's a lot easier to teach easier things. Yeah. You know what I mean? In no, that sort of Absolutely. aspect there. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. I think that much, even when you think of like unlearning something, you know, obviously it's not ever thinking you ever knew it, right? Because you can't get rid of it in that right. aspect. But it's really just not acknowledging as true no more, right? At least for me. Right. So much of that, even with hardwired, right, personality, um, I get, again, I believe any, you know, I tell all my clients, everyone can be rewired. Like everyone right. can be rewired. Like I don't care how you want or where that come from, whether it's culture, upbringing, trauma, issues. Right. Regardless, you can re relearn and rewire. It might just take yourself. a lot of time. It, it does, yeah. Time it is takes, a key it thing takes there. Time it takes accountability, it takes people support, love, um, even small groups and things like that. You know, healthy community. But again, rewiring yourself is a huge concept that I use with a lot of my clients struggling, even with mood disorders, like rethinking how to go about doing life, right? And meet demands because, like you said, it may not be 
the end of it all for life and death, but it could be the make or break of a relationship, right? Or the make or break of you know losing a child, or oh yeah, you know, in th- situations that's really tough, you know, for those who are struggling, you know, in different things or losing a job, or right. a Career and so forth. Um, but again, you can rewire yourself. You can you know relearn new ways. Um, another concept I use is reparenting yourself, mm. and that's a huge thing because a lot like of that. our struggles, and particularly personality, right. Is, is, you know, we, we talk about personality. Usually that is developed in those early years. It can be like five, six, seven, eight years old. Definitely. Those are crucial um, those years. Are crucial very, years very crucial development. years. So parenting um, becomes just that much more important in shaping right. that child's personality. You know, I, I have little ones. I got two, three-year-old, eight-year-old, and I can already see their personalities, who's right. going to be silly, who's right, going right, to be right. funny, who's going to be serious. So right. you can kind of already pick up on their personalities. So, you know, and again, even in how they interact, you can already tell, like, how they're going to be as yeah. they get older. But again, you know, as parents, we play a huge part in, in Pivotal part. Them. Yeah, Pivotal. embrace who they are, their personalities, their ways, and accept their ways. You know, again, if they're, you know, really laid back and reserved, don't force that kid to yeah. have to be center of attention. If they love sin attention, then embrace it. Yeah. On stage, like exactly. Let them flourish. But again, you know, we're kind of just, you know, acknowledging their different personalities and, you know, helping them be accepting of that is important. But that doesn't always happen, right? Because for many of us, you know, in particularly us, meaning adult children, yeah. we may come from homes of dysfunction where, you know, single parent homes, even. Yeah, single parent that, homes where we didn't get enough of what we needed right. um, or we got what we didn't need, right? That right. Oh, yeah. Even worse. Us. So, again, that can create mood issues that can create, you know, um, personality issues later in life and relationships. Um, But again, reparenting yourself is a concept of letting go of the mom and dad you wish you had Mm. and accepting the mom and dad you had Mm. and then reparenting yourself, meaning like loving yourself, accepting those parts of you, the good, the bad, the ugly. And then learning to rewire, rethink, redo things according to the ways you know to be true. Right. That maybe mom, dad didn't teach you or, right. you know, whoever was your caregiver at that time. Um, but those are important things. Like I said, racism, prime example. Like you said, you're not born racist. You know, you put a bunch of kids together, they're going to play. Exactly. They're not, not going to be able to pick apart. Like, yeah. Looking at colors and things like that. But once it's taught and learned, you, you, you can rewire yourself. And that's uh, and I even you, again, you touched on so many good points there. But I think that what you kind of said about re reparenting, um, I mean, to me personally, that just sounds like. That's a constant that, you know, there's never, I'm going to do this for a year. I'll be set. This is all through life type of thing. Like you had to, and again, back to the whole um, accountability thing. You know, I mean, dealing with the therapist and the uh, foundation, I I tend to read a lot of more so self-help and just, you know, kind of therapy books and just, Mm -hmm. it's like things of that sort. And where I've actually read a few in the last year, how they talk about, you know, just learning about, you know, how to read, emotions you know like mm-hmm. like the science behind it as far as like eye flares and nose flares right. things of that so right for the science part of it but then i've also read the actual therapy side of it where it's just like you know maybe somebody might seem kind of dismissive or you know like they might not you know f- fully even look at you but they give you all these kind of steps and things to do for maybe dealing with a hostile situation or maybe like the maybe having a hard conversation, something right. like that to where when I'm reading it, I'm like, yeah, man, like I'm going to definitely implement this. But then when I go through it, mm-hmm. everything I read is out the window. Right. So right. again, again, it's a, it's about that. Not also just learning it, 
but putting it so into, into action, action right? Because I could read and we could spitball yeah, here all day in this in this nice calm environment, right. but then when we get out of here and we're going through turmoil, that right. is that really is how do we how absolutely. are we really reacting, right? So, and I mean that's what they always say, you know, when it's when the going gets tough, how are you actually reacting in those situations versus when you're calm and you know very open minded, but your significant other right. maybe says something that you don't like or has a very bad disagreement, and you're just like. Well, F, X, Y, and Z, blah, blah. I was like, what happens to all the goods, right. the common no, stuff absolutely. that you've been reading about? You know what I mean? So I, I've even kind of seen myself do that to where I, again, I'm I'm reading stuff and I'm learning things and I'm trying to implement. But again, it's so hard when you're going through those emotions live. Yes. right? And you're, and you're going through all these different moods live to, again, you're, you're trying to, again, like the brain has its own mind. You're trying to come down a little bit while trying to be level-headed, while trying to put what you know into effect, and you're just trying to just right. teach yourself. It's so many things at once. You know, people tend to be very hard on them saying, "You know what? I'm just a, I'm a loser," or you know what? Um, like when people say, "Oh, I'm hard-headed," or, mm-hmm. or um, like I'm very like a, like they have like a loose screw, mm-hmm. or they're very just like wound up tight. Like anything kind of right. gets them mad. You don't have to be that way. Like you can e- even if you are, you can un un kind yeah, of think that and that sort of aspect there. Um, just just to kind of shift gears here because I know that we are kind of coming to the end of it here. But um, we spoke a little bit about like mood stabilizers as far as medicine might go. Uh, what are some things that you can kind of tell somebody who again? Because I mean, and this is something that I ask every every therapist because people that I maybe talk to or people that might be listening out there or to the foundation. Uh, not everybody's ready to speak to somebody, you know, not, not everybody feels comfortable. What are some things, if any, that you can kind of recommend to somebody to, to kind of, you know, figure out if they might have a certain disorder or maybe if they're like a little bit more flighty for certain things, what are some things, and I don't even want to call them tests, but what are some things that you can kind of tell somebody to kind of do to say, Hey, you know what, maybe you might be dealing with, you know, maybe you're not just angry. Maybe it's, uh, you know, mood disorder thing what are some things that you can kind of tell somebody absolutely so one of the things i would you know absolutely encourage if if you're struggling with mood disorder or you know someone struggling with a mood disorder is to really encourage them to get professional help now you you have you know therapists counselors licensed mental health therapists right as well as psychologists that can do assessments and testings and things like that right um to kind of explore and see if you meet certain criteria right um, you know, stay away, you know, from Dr. Google and everything. WebMD. Yeah. The <laughs> devil. And the devil. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to stay away from a lot of that and just go out and seek professional help. Um, you know, when you, when we talk medications or mood stabilizers, which is, you know, very popular and particularly with bipolar yeah. um, mood stabilizers is big. Um, a lot of times I see a lot of doctors with my clients prescribe both a mood stabilizer with an antidepressant. Yes. So that's I've, a popular I've thing as well. So, Again, um, you know, whether it's bipolar one or two, um, whether, you know, a major depression disorder, and there's so many subtypes. Right, exactly. Subgenres of. Yeah, dysthymia, you know. um, I mean, you have seasonal affective disorder, which is very seasonal. I get that. Yeah, I definitely. And we're actually coming, actually, no, it was the summer with the rain. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That that killed me. Yeah, sometimes down south with the rain and not a lot of Sundays, and, you know, where you have a lot of sun out um, or light. Um, so there's a lot of things like that up north, you know, long winters and, and so forth that, that can occur a lot, like Seattle. Where it rains uh-huh. and, oh, all know, the, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of gloomy outside. But 
again, there's so many subtypes to these things where you may not meet major depression or a bipolar type one or type two. Um, but because you don't know all these different subtypes, you, you can be doing a disjustice to your mental to and yourself. emotional health. Yeah. So get with a trained professional, get with a licensed therapist or get with a psychologist, you know, do, do some quick assessments or testing. Um, you know, again, cause that's a responsibility you have for yourself. Accountability. Yourself. Absolutely. Right. Because once you know, and you can put a name to it, then you can take personal responsibility, right? You'll be motivated you know, you have the motivation right. with someone that will translate the personal responsibility to start making life changes. You know, again, not just mental and emotionally, right. but relationally changes. Um, again, sometimes that's educating your partner. That's educating, you know, yeah. your, those who are there to support you, how to best support you. Because now you have a name for it, right? Right. Um, it, it's no difference than, than than a physical illness, right? If, right. If I find out, oh, I got diabetes, now I know, now I know, I, you know, I have to change. How to kind diet, of adjust? I gotta take my insulin. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta make adjustments. But if you don't, if if you can't put a name to it, um, if the worst thing to to me that I see a lot is you make it your identity, and that goes oh, back yeah. to what you were saying. You know, oh, I'm anxiety. You know, oh, right. I, the self sure, and again, yeah. like how we how we kind of said, um. You're you're maybe self-diagnosing, but then like you're trying to do certain things that are not pertaining to your actual. And I don't even want to call right. it condition, but you mentioned this time yet, and the reason why I'm, I'm bringing it back up is because in my research that came up a lot. Yeah, this time yet, and I didn't fully understand it. And for anybody out there who doesn't know it, like me. Uh, dystymia is defined as a low mood occurring for at least two years. So essentially, it's just being depressed or right. maybe sad for an extended period of time. Yep. Right. That's all yeah, it is. And it's like, is. it's layman's terms. Right. Right. So I guess these things, um, doctors kind of set them up on a, mm-hmm. on a timetable. Yeah. So most of the criteria is, you, you know, again, you're looking at onset of it. You're looking at time period, like major depression, right. You know, persistent for two weeks and then six months, you know, you have all these different things, um, you know, criteria, I should say to meet certain disorders, the DSM five, that's you know the diagnostic statistic manual, yeah. that has all the disorders. So again, everything has criteria that you have to meet. But again, I find it to be a very dangerous thing to encourage anybody to self-diagnose exactly because again, um, you may see things from a you know not a biased standpoint, but again, it's you. No, definitely, so yeah. because you're gonna say, oh yeah, yeah, I think I got that. Or that's I me, think, and yeah. you're and you're checking all these exactly. boxes, and, and and you're like bipolar yeah. and like a schizo, right. and it's like, wait yeah. a minute, it's not really all exactly. that. Because you can do that with much anything. Um, right. ADHD, I oh feel like God. it's overly diagnosed today in society. Yeah. But again, you read it and you're like, well, I think I got ADHD. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Like uh, we all have that's it. All my kids, like they all run around and so again, circles. That's funny. So again, you know a lot. A lot of people overdiagnose um, with different things. Um, I see it, you know, a lot of people overdiagnose um, by means of culture differences oh, and issues. Yes. So, you know, again, you, you may say, you know, um, you know, oh, you got bipolar or you got this. And sometimes it's cultural things like depression looks yep. different in, in different cultures. Definitely does. Um, and particularly, you know, that's a major thing that I work with, with a lot of men. Minorities too. Minority men. Yeah. Yeah. Where depression you may not get the, you know, the sadness and the down. Again, depression in, in most minorities, what I find is um, it comes out in ways of irritability, anger, yes. frustration. 
So while everybody yes. is labeling that, that that man as having anger issues, really deep down inside they're sad and mm. depressed and they feel hopeless and it's like, well, you know, they, they do risky things, risky behaviors right. and they just take risks. They don't, they don't feel like they have much to lose, which is different yeah. than a lot of other cultures where it's like, you know, I just want to take kill myself where right. again, suicide is really taboo in a lot of minority and um, that's what i was gonna say and i and i think we've even spoke about this months ago but again when you just touched on it for minorities they just uh you know kind of growing up in like our upbringing as far because i mean me and you are both obviously minorities in, in this aspect but it's it's to the point of you know when we're kind of growing up you know emotions and certain things it's not commonly talked about right right you know and not so much as like oh it's it's a frowned upon but it's just our our parents and then their their parents just didn't even know how to even oh if I say I'm sad right. was that like they don't even know what that means because their grandparents and their grandparents like that was right. if my mother would have told her mother or, or father that that she was sad they right. would not know how to yeah. even understand or comprehend that right mm-hmm. so it's more so it's done as a, a negative justice where it's more so lackluster as to the point of we just didn't understand mm-hmm. or even talk about it. Absolutely. So we're still suffering the same exact way in right. that sort of aspect there. Absolutely. But um, again, we don't have to go down that hole. Uh, we are coming that's up here. Podcast. That's a, that's another <laughs> podcast. This is Shane's. I'm going to make him come back because I know he, he tries to run from me. I know he's super busy, but I, I want to keep him close. But Absolutely. just to kind of touch on one more thing, when you said um, uh, uh, accountability, that's another thing that I really want to just stress very quickly here with the foundation. You know, again, we are, we're a foundation, but again, you, you know, you're a, you're a therapist, but we're at the end of the day, we're just AIDS, you know, we're not here to physically, you know, mentally hold your hand, but we're here to be an aid, you know, through your whole process. And I think that sometimes people get that confused where, yeah, I'm going to go to therapy and they're, they're going to fix me. Listen, Maybe thirty percent is us trying to, yeah, you know, like absolutely. giving you like the tools and offering like, the different programs. But seventy percent, you gotta want it. Absolutely. You know, you gotta be accountable. You gotta hold yourself to the standard. You know what? I don't want to be this guy or girl anymore. I don't want to be the same aggro, just just very touchy. They just very annoying guy or you know girl anymore. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of touch on that and that sort of aspect there. But uh. Yeah, I mean, yes. that was all my all my questions there for you, my brother. I mean, it's always a, a pleasure to kind of have you here, and I'm glad I was here to get you for episode one of absolutely. season two. Yeah, uh, please be on the lookout for Shane here, and I will have his information at the bottom. Uh, Shane, if you don't have any more questions or anything for me, uh, we are all good to kind of go there in that aspect. No, this was good. I really appreciate you having me on. The last thing I would just kind of throw in there is, again, if you're experiencing a mood disorder and it's to the point of suicidal thoughts, um, ideations again seek professional help you know reach out call a you know suicide hotline um you know speak to someone some professional help yeah um that way you get your needs met um and you get the help you deserve definitely and you can also find shane online on instagram he don't really be on instagram you know he told me last year he was gonna try to get it up but i looked the other day he's still kind of yeah, quiet man he's old quiet school he's old school yeah i need to get on <laughs> <laughs> no but listen i'm gonna have his email uh and again if you guys want to get in contact we are going to be starting some groups here and then near future so please be on the lookout and again check us out at projecting forward on facebook instagram and projecting forward.org other than that thank you guys for tuning in and have a wonderful day